This is Brandon M. Crooker, and you're listening to the Apostolic Theory Podcast. Today, we have a very special guest with us. I'm so excited. Uh, This will actually mark our third episode together on Apostolic Theory. I just can't get enough of this guy. You know, I'm so excited about, I'm looking forward to hearing uh, some of the testimonies, some of the things he's going to share with us this evening. Tonight, we're going to be talking about something that's near and dear, not only to my heart, because I was just uh, sharing it on the Kingdom Come broadcast. If you haven't subscribed to that, go ahead and find us um, on Twitter. And on Facebook, Brandon Crooker, Brandon M. Crooker, or Brandon Crooker Ministries. That goes live every single Monday. Check that out. Tune into that. I promise it'll be a blessing to you. Today, we're going to be talking about the gift of faith. And uh, we've got a very special guest. We have Brian Sexton with us, Brother Brian Sexton. Go ahead and introduce yourself. Tell the listeners a bit about you, uh, anybody that hasn't uh, tuned in before or prior, and uh, just share your heart and then share. We'll get right into you know what you feel. Well, praise the Lord, Brother Kirker. I, I'm I'm so excited to be with you tonight. Uh, so I am, uh, my name is Brian Sexton. I am the former host of the Intentional Encourager podcast, which Brother Kirker was part of. Uh, I, I put that aside back at the first of the year, uh, may start that back up. Um, but I am an elder at uh, Bible Apostolic Church in Huntington, West Virginia. Before that, spent the last uh, 16 and a half years with Pastor Anthony Moss and his leadership and ministry team at the North Charleston Apostolic Church in Charleston, West Virginia. For those of you that are watching, you say, that name sounds familiar, that that church name sounds familiar. That was where Bishop Billy Cole pastored for a number of years in Charleston, West Virginia. So Brother Moss is his grandson, and um, we're going to talk about the influence that Brother Cole had on on me and, and, and how Brother Cole was probably my hero in the gift of faith and in, in operating in a gift of faith and moving to get the faith. But, um, I, uh, professionally, I am a patient access specialist in the pharmaceutical industry. It's why you see a hotel room behind me. I am in Erie, Pennsylvania tonight as we talk, but, um, been singing all my life. I had a dad that was a pastor and a worship leader in apostolic church. So I have been apostolic literally brother Kirker from the time I was two weeks old. My parents dedicated me in the house of the Lord. And so, you know, I'll share this with you. When I was 16 years old, there was a man that uh, my my cousin, my, so I have a large family. My dad was the youngest of 12. And I had a cousin, that first cousin that was many years older than I was. In fact, her her oldest son and I are the same age. We, he, we're, we were born about a month apart. And she passed away in 1988. I was 16 years old. And um, the man of God that dedicated me was a man named Brother Roland Gardner. For some of you old school apostolics, you'll know who Brother Gardner was. Brother Gardner was a gifted teacher, uh, prophet, just a, a great man of God. And my dad took me out there. We were at my uncle's house. My dad took me out there and he said, Brother Gardner, he said, do you know who this is? And Brother Gardner had dark, dark eyes, just dark eyes, piercing, Brother, Brother Crooker. And he drew down to me and he said, of course, I know who this is. He looked at me and he said, Brian, son, he said, over 40 years of ministry, 
your baby dedication was the only time that there were tongues and interpretation given at a baby dedication. And so I knew from a very early age that God was going to use me in various ways. But Brother Crook, I didn't know how God was going to use me. And so uh, in in uh, to make a very long story short, in April, we felt the call of God back to Huntington, where my wife received the Holy Ghost, where, where we attended church and I played music and taught Sunday school and did so many things for 15 years. We left in 2006 and went, went to Charleston to be with Brother Moss. That was such a great education. Brother Moss is gifted, gifted. He goes every year to Thailand and does what his grandfather did. So they do the, the Thai conference over there. He and Brother Jack Cunningham, Brother David Smith, uh, a lot of men that you would know uh, go over to Thailand uh, for their main conference in January. So being with Brother Moss was a, a great education, but we just couldn't run from the calling of God. And God called us back to assist Pastor Aaron Fairburn uh, as an elder in, in Bible Apostolic Church. Brother Crooker, I had to testify to you. We have had powerful revival in Huntington. That church went for a decade without seeing anyone receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. In the last three months, we've had 12 people receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, speaking with tongues as God has given the others. We've baptized almost that many people. We've seen healings. We've seen miracles. I'm telling you, the apostolic church is, is poised for its finest hour right now because God wants to fill. I was talking to Brother Tony Mancino a couple weeks ago, talking to him on the phone. He said, Brother Sexton, God wants to fill hungry people. And I believe that. God wants to fill hungry people. Bro, I don't mean to, to rattle on here. I've got to tell the, your listeners a story. I've got to, I've got to share this story. I'm here for it, it bro. It just, it, man, it just lights me up. So I graduated high school in 1990. Yeah, for some of you young guys, that makes me an old dude, okay? I'll be 51 next month. Brother Crooker, back in 2006, I was at home one day, and I, I got the, the, the paper. I got the morning paper at home. And I opened up the paper, and I saw a, a news story that shook me to the core. There was a, uh, a guy I went to high school with, graduated the same year. I read in the paper that day that he and his wife were a part of a murder-suicide. And I just, it, it was devastating. Several years later, the little town I grew up in, the little town I grew up in was founded by 37 slaves who swam across the Ohio River from, from now West Virginia, but at that time in the 1830s and 1840s, Virginia. It was, it was the state of Virginia. And, and, and these folks would swim across the, the Ohio River, and they would come to the Ohio side, and when they got into, when they got up on the, the shore and went into the basement of this home, this large home, in the little town I grew up in, they were then free. That'll preach right there. Sometimes you got to swim through some stuff to get free. And so uh, I grew up in this little town with, with, with this guy named Marcel and um, was teaching Bible study at our church one night. And, and there's a couple in the, in the church that I went to high school with that had been witnessing to this little girl who I did not know 
it was Marcel's daughter. She's probably 24 or so now. And they introduced me to her. And I told her, I said, I loved your dad. He was so good to me, you know. And she looked at me and she said, I've never heard anything but bad things about my dad. And she said, for, for, for you to tell me that. And I said, well, I want to tell you something else. Come to church. Come to church on a Sunday. Brother, Brother Kirker, she walked in the back door and the Holy Ghost spoke to me and said, I'm going to deliver and fill her today, the Holy Ghost. Okay, Lord, whatever you want to do. Listen, I, I just, if God tells me something, I'll do it. If God tells me to do cartwheels down the middle of the aisle, I'm going to try to take this big body and do cartwheels down the middle of the aisle. I want to be obedient to the, to the voice of the Lord in my life. Our youth leader, Brother Sean Cabell, in the middle of service, God was moving, worship service was going on. Brother Sean Cabell recognized that God wanted to do something. He went back and started praying with Addison, started working with her. He starts working with her, and she comes up front. I'm like, oh, boy, here we go. And so I lay hands on her. I start to, 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 to instruct her in how to receive the Holy Ghost, um, start to work with her. Brother Kruger, she hits the floor, just, just falls to the floor. Holy Ghost spoke to me and said, I'm going to deliver her, but, I, but before I feel her, I've got to deliver and set her free. And about 10 minutes later, as we laid hands on her and people began to pray for her, God filled her with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, speaking with other tongues. But that's not the end of the story. I'm not a, I'm not a guy that regularly just goes with it. Okay, I'm, 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 I try to be respectful, brother, brother Moss. You worked around brother Moss. You had some, you better have something good if you're going to, you're going to come. But our assistant pastor, brother Brent Concrite, usually baptized folks. And I went back and Brent's a good friend of mine. I watched, I was a teenager when Brent got the Holy Ghost. I said, Brent, it's a will of God for me to baptize this girl. And brother Rice, who him and his wife had brought her in, he said, I agree. He said, if you hadn't said anything, I was going to. Brother Brandon, we got her in the water. I baptized her in the wonderful, lovely name of Jesus. I take her down and bring her back up. She shoots her hands in the air and she says, I'm healed. That moment, everything that that little girl had gone through, losing a mom, a dad, and a brother, all this little girl Addison knew was pain, heartache, and hurt. God wiped it all away. You should have seen her praying last Sunday. You've been working with a, with a young lady that God wants to deliver. Addison is right behind her praying in, praying in the Holy Ghost. God wants to fill hungry people, but it takes faith. Brother Cole said this. He said, you can't cast out flesh it's easier to cast out devils than it is to cast out flesh because our flesh if we don't see it we don't believe it but the bible says in hebrews chapter 11 verse 1 it says now faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen and so what i've been trying to do at our church since we've been there since my wife and i have been there is just speak it operating the gift of faith. I taught one Sunday morning. Brother Crooker, I taught one Sunday morning, and I was getting ready on Saturday. Man, the Holy Ghost just got all over me. My wife was gone. 
I was by myself and the Holy Ghost just got all over me in my, in my house. And the Lord said, I'm going to move. I'm going to move in that Sunday school. I'm move in the Sunday school. It's okay, God. About five minutes before it's time to wrap up teaching, I felt God say, now. I said, okay, folks, let's raise our hands. Let's worship God. And faith began, the Holy Ghost began to settle, and faith began to move. And I pointed to, to a, a, a sister in our church, Sister Pam. I said, Sister Pam, God wants to use you. Go lay hands on go lay hands on a lady in our church. She, had, she was very weary and tired. She's caring for her 99-year-old mother who's at the end of life. And I watched Sister Pam go over to her and lay hands on her. And God used her to, to touch Sister Rhonda. Listen, I'm telling you something, bro. It's time for the church to move and operate in the gift of faith. From the, from the littlest, we have seen so much. It, 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 my, I, my, I'm, I'm, my cup is overflowing here. We had a little girl named, named Kenzie. We're working with her. God, God wants to fill Kenzie with the Holy Ghost. Kenzie's 15 or 16. Working with her. Let's pray her through. I saw a little eight-year-old little girl, Callie. Callie got the Holy Ghost two weeks before then. Callie's crying, worshiping God, speaking in tongues. I said, Callie, lay your hand on her. For 30 minutes, that kid put her hand on that other kid's forehead and did not move and prayed in the Holy Ghost over that girl. She got the, Kenzie got the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you, everybody in the body of God needs to operate in the gift of faith. Everyone, not I, I'm not telling you something. I'm not trying to pump Brian up here. But we need to move and operate in the gift of faith. You see, the apostles gone. Brother Cole's been gone since 2009. But that word, that, that seed that Brother Cole planted in us so many years ago is still, it's still moving. It's still, it's still operating. And so God's just moving. God's moving in Huntington. Uh, God's moving in Charleston, uh, state of West Virginia, man. We're on fire. We had church camp last week. We had our state church camp. And so kids are coming back excited. We're getting ready to go to National Youth Congress. And, bro, I'm telling you, I told the church yesterday at our church picnic, I said, I want every one of our kids. Oh, Brother Crooker, I got to tell you something. God did something else yesterday. Man, God's just doing it. We had our we had a church picnic yesterday. Pastor Pastor Aaron wanted to have a church picnic to bring everybody together. He's been preaching and teaching on unity and the gifts of the spirit and, and operating as one body. We're having a picnic, and we've got one shelter, and we've got there's a, a Presbyterian church having uh, their picnic in in the shelter right across from us. We've got a brother in our church that smokes meats he smokes chicken and, and pork and things like that man he's for the sean cavill i mentioned a minute he and he's so good he brought that smoker and we had good food and fellowship and, uh the youth minister from the presbyterian church comes over and he says man i've been smelling that that barbecue you guys have been cooking and brother sean says here take a plate you know give you a plate give you something to eat and and we put a big tip jar out because we're trying we were trying to raise money. We found a 15 passenger van to take our kids to youth congress, but the problem was they wanted a thousand dollars. So we were trying to get that that money together. 
the youth minister from the Presbyterian church, when Brother Sean told him that, he said, look right up there. He said, we've got a 15-passenger van, and you guys can use it for Youth Congress. God supplied right then and there. God supplied. The pastor of the Presbyterian church came over and talked to Pastor Aaron. I talked to him for a minute. Our leaders would talk to him. He told Pastor Aaron, he said, anytime you want to use this, he said, we want God has blessed us. And we want to bless you guys. Listen here, man. What what do you want to see from God? Those of you listening, watching, what do you want to see God do in your life? You need a miracle? Believe God for it. You got somebody in your family needs the baptism of the Holy Ghost? Believe God for it. I'm telling you, the Bible says to us, these signs shall follow them that believe. And God is doing it. I'm sorry I went so long, man. That this, that, you know, gets on me, and I, I just, ugh, it just, I, I'm just, I love it, man. I'm just rolling over with excitement. I love it, bro. This is good. This is this is this is edification. This is encouragement. This is what this podcast is all about. This is giving people a literal everyday examples of what the church is supposed to be. There's this miscon misconstrued conception, this this incredibly uh, fake ideology of what the church is, where people think that the church is just it's a building, it's a place you mm -hmm. go to, you know. But the ecclesia, which the, is the Greek word for you know, obviously church, uh, it means called out and mm -hmm. assembled together. Called well, out. Well, that yep, which that's right. Anything. It could be anything. It could it could be going out and, and having a barbecue. It could be gathering together for Bible study. It could be gathering together for corporate worship and prayer and the preaching word of God. But here's the thing. It all goes hand in hand. And God yep. still moves in the midst of the praises of his people where two Amen. or three are, are, are gathered together in his name. Jesus is in the midst. God's in the midst of people. And he inhabits the praises of his people. So when we Amen. get together and we worship God, with our lifestyle, which is what we need to do. The Apostle Paul said, pray without ceasing. You know, if you're going to pray without ceasing, that means you literally have to have a lifestyle of connection with God, of prayer, of fasting, of, of allowing God to lead you and guide you. And that, that's got to be a, a connection that's not severed with our carnal desires, our carnal thinking, and our carnal right. passions. It's, it's got to be... Uh, and then you might find this funny, but... Uh, I was like 18 or 19. Um, and I had this friend, uh, I won't mention his name if he's watching this, <laughs> forgive me for mentioning this, but you did say it so I can say it. Uh, he said, uh, he said, you're too heavenly minded for, for any earthly good. Wow. Yeah. And I said, well, the Bible tells me to think on these things. Yep. That's you right. Know, I, and if we really want to see miraculous things happen, you've got to get out of this out of this rut of this carnal thinking of this. I just re, I just said on on, on the broadcast uh, this evening, you know, uh, if you want your faith to increase, it starts with a step. Yep, that's right. It starts with a step of obedience. This is what the Bible says. I don't quite understand it, but I'm going to obey it. And when you do, yep. 
That's when the knowledge comes. That's when the understanding comes. And then God multiplies your faith. That's right. Well, and, and again, I had a brother come to me very early when, when we went back to Huntington and he said, I got to ask you something. He said, what, what kind of, he said, what's your secret? What's kind of your secret sauce? And I said, I have learned to be obedient. I have learned to be obedient. And I said, because here's the thing. When I feel the voice of God, when I feel the Holy Ghost speaking to me, you know, we, we have had in our, in our services, Brother Crooker, we've had tongues and interpretation. And, and when I, here's what I know about how God speaks to me. I can't speak for anybody else. When I'm praying in the Holy Ghost, when I'm I'm praying in 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 praying in, in in the Holy Ghost, and God says to me, "Speak," I know what He means. He wants to speak to His people. We we should have services where God has freedom to do what He wants to do, and and, and Brother Crooker, I have been so fortunate in my life to be around men of God who are free in the Holy Ghost. Br Brother Billy Cole, I mentioned him. Brother Jack Cunningham. Brother Anthony Moss. Brother Aaron Bounds. I saw Brother Aaron Bounds last week at a, at a funeral service. Uh, Brother David Bounds, his brother, uh, powerful man of God. Brother Pascal Kreitz, who spoke at Landmark this year. Uh, these guys are just free in the Holy Ghost, man. They just... Uh, Brother Mike Anderson, who is evangelizing, uh, who's an evangelist out based out of uh, Brother Sholin's church in Oklahoma. I've just been around people all my life that are just free in the spirit. My uncle, Kenny Sexton, was, who was a, a pastor and evangelist, free in the Holy Ghost. And so that when you grow up around my dad, worship leader, pastor, when you grow up around people that just operate in the freedom of the Holy Ghost, we're going to let God do what he wants to do. You can't help but have that rub off on you and go, well, I guess that's what we're supposed to do. I guess that's how we're supposed to operate. Now, does that, does that, the Bible says to do things in decency and in order, and I believe in the order. God is not the author of confusion. But when we let the Holy Ghost do what it wants to do, God orchestrates everything perfectly. God knows what he's doing. When he wants to speak to his people through tongues and interpretation, he will speak to his people. And it will be, it will be orderly. What I've learned about that in the last year or so, there's two reasons that God speaks to us through tongues and interpretation. It's to, it's to edify the church or to chasten. Either you're doing something right or you're not doing something. You know, God has to get our attention. And somebody is is tuned into the Spirit of God and they're sensitive and knows God wants to speak. You know, people go, oh, well, bless God, God's going to speak to us. Well, we may not like what he has to say because it could be chastening. But then God's going to come back and he's going to let us feel his presence. And he's going to go, okay, I've said what I've needed to say. Now worship me. Now magnify me. Draw yourself near to me. And that's when God just, just begins to, to heal and soothe and, and comfort. I heard a great story. I got to tell this story. I heard a great story 
about Brother Cunningham. I love Brother Cunningham so much. His mother was my first piano teacher in Parkersburg, West Virginia. Sister Hilda Cunningham, still alive. Uh, Brother Cunningham told me a couple years ago, he said, he said, Brian, my mom is the greatest Christian I've ever known. Even above his Aunt Shirley, even above his Uncle Billy, he said, my mom is the greatest Christian I've ever known. Brother Cunningham was working with a couple in his church in Virginia. And this couple was going through, through marital difficulties and um, going through terrible marital difficulties. And he's counseling with them week after week after week after week. And they come to a Sunday service and Holy Ghost just falls. And in five minutes, they're repenting, hugging each other, crying. They've reconciled in five minutes and Brother Cunningham goes, man, alive. He said, I've been working for the, with these folks for six months and it took God five minutes to fix it. But that's how, that's how powerful God is, and that's how wonderful God is. And, and uh, Brother Cunningham's a hero of mine. I tell you what, I love Brother Jack Cunningham. Such a, a great man of God. I'm, I, I'm proud of – forgive me for being all over the place. I'm, I just am overwhelmed at the people that God has put into my life that are great men of God. And – the influences that they've influenced me with. Brother Cunningham told me something that just, oh man, it just touched me deeply. He said, Brian, he said, when I was a young man in Parkersburg, he said, your dad encouraged me. And he said, I have never forgotten the influence of your dad, how he encouraged me as a teenager. This is a man who's preached all over the world. And took time to tell me something that encouraged me and blessed me. Because my dad went home to be with the Lord 10 and a half years ago. And so, um, I, I, I got to tell you another quick story. Brother Arnold Mangus is a dear friend of ours. He pastors out in Missouri. Mang Brother Mangus, I've known Brother Mangus since I was a little boy. Brother Cunningham was telling us that he went to Brother Mangus's office out in Missouri and went to preach for him. And out in Brother Mangus's office, he had written on the, the door frame. Brother Mangus and Brother Cunningham known each other, gosh, probably 50 years. Growing up together in Parkersburg. And Brother Mangus had written on his door frame, pray for Jack. And he mm. said, every day when I walk out to turn the light off of my office, he said, it was a reminder to me to pray for you, to pray for Brother Cunningham. And Brother Cunningham said, when I saw that, he said, it broke me. He said that this man loved me enough to pray for me every day. Pray for me every day. Are we holding up the hands of the man of God in our life every day? Are we praying for the man of God? Are we lifting up the man of God? Are we encouraging the man of God? If you've got a great pastor, encourage him. If you've got a great first lady, encourage her. If you got a great youth leader, encourage him. you got a great worship leader, encourage him. Because you never know what the enemy's trying to attack them with. And your covering could be the very thing that God uses to protect them and keep them from, from, the, from the enemy harming them. And so, man, I'm overwhelmed at, at 
the the great things that God is doing. God's doing it. It's not Brian. Man, God could, listen, God could use this cell phone I got more than he could use me. If God will use a donkey to speak to a prophet, what won't he do? And so it, I just, I love the Lord so much, man. I love God with all my heart. He's everything. And I'm nothing, Brother Crooker. I'm absolutely nothing, bro. Uh, I think that when it comes to operating in faith, um, I think that that's critical, having that type of spirit, you know, that that humility. Obviously, we're not talking about this false sense of, of humility where, you know, it's <laughs> you can tell that there's it's not. We're talking about real humility, that humility that you're talking about where it's just you know it's it's not it's not me i heard a story about and i don't remember exactly who brother cole was talking to but i guess there was this conversation that happened and this minister said you know he felt really bad you know about the the message he said it just didn't i didn't feel like it came across right billy cole said something like (laughs) I rebuke that spirit of pride. <laughs> yeah, that sounds because, like Brother Cole. Yeah, because because if you'll take credit when it goes wrong, you'll take credit when it goes right. Yeah, something like that. No, he was exactly right. Brother Cole was, um, Brother J.C. Cole, Brother Billy Cole's father. That was my first pastor. I remember was Brother J.C. Cole. I was three or four years old in Parkersburg, and. Uh, Brother J.C. Cole, there was one thing he always did. He he's he had he, he had he, uh, was always with his left hand. I can I can see the picture in my mind. He'd be on the platform and he glory just just with that left hand, just like that. Brother Cole, I, I just the reason I'm thinking about that. I just got a haircut Friday, and my mom told me he she said that Brother Cole would Brother J.C. Cole. She said, if my hair got a little too long, he would come up to her and he'd say, about time to get that boy a haircut. And she'd say, the next day you'd be in the, in the barber shop getting a haircut. But Brother Cole, Brother J.C. Cole, um, lost his daughter when she was a very young girl. Brother Billy Cole had a sister. And she passed uh, uh, another sister besides Sister Hilda Cunningham. And Brother J.C. Cole walks down the steps to his wife, Sister Mary Cole, at the time. And she knew what had happened. And he looked at her and he said, God never makes a mistake. And Brother Cole, Brother J.C. Cole, you you don't hear of him because Brother Billy, Brother Billy's ministry was just was enormous. But Brother J.C. Cole. I heard Brother Cole preaching a message. I was listening to a message Brother Cole preached um, 33 years ago. It was just so real and so relevant. He said, my dad taught me how to be a fighter. And he said, that's all I, I've, I've known. He said, I've just just fought. Uh, you know, just he's, Brother, Brother Cole fought spirits. And, and so when, when Brother Cole could get blunt with you, man, he could, you know, that's just the way he was. He just. He just knew how to do it, but um, there was nobody like Brother Cole, and, and his influence, man, is still being felt. 
my pastor told me, Pastor Aaron Fairman, he told me, he said, I see it now in you, Brother Sexton. He said, you have been influenced so heavily by Pastor Moss, who was so heavily influenced by his grandfather, Brother Billy Cole, to operate in the gift of faith. And I said, I don't know what else to do. But I want to encourage the people of God. That's what I'm trying to do at our church, Brother Crooker, is I'm trying to encourage the people of God to move in it. You know, I've been up in, you know, been up front exhorting the people, and I'll see something, and I'll be like, like we had a sister come up to me. I had a sister come up to me yesterday, Brother Crooker, and she said, Brother Brian, she said, Thank you. She said, You push me. She said, I know God wants to use me as an intercessor. And she said, You push me. Well, what I've done is I've noticed that I recognize the spirit of God being on her. And I'd be like, Sister Sarah, turn and lay hands on somebody. But I but Pastor Moss showed me that, that influence of recognizing when God wants to use somebody and then giving them the confidence that God wants to use them. Because in the moment, you don't have time to think. You just somebody says, Hey, lay hands on them and pray for them. They just do it. And that's obedience. You were talking about that a minute ago, that childlike faith. A lot of times you just don't have time to question it. You just react to it. And then God uses you and 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 somebody gets a great touch from God, gets gets exactly what they needed from God. And so it's just a multitude of influences, Brother Crooker. Just wash over me and that's that's the only thing i know to do is just go with it just operate in it because the bible says without faith it's impossible to please god without faith it's impossible to please god that means you can have the baptism of the holy ghost speaking with tongues but if you don't have faith you can't please god and here's the thing if you can't please god you can't have a relationship with God. If you can't have a relationship with God, you're not going to make the city. Because the Bible says, Jesus said to him, he said, you're going to say to me, Lord, Lord, have we not done many wonderful works in thy name? We're not prophesied in thy name. We're not cast out devils in thy name. And, and Jesus said, I'm going to say to them in that day, depart from me, work of iniquity. I never knew you. It starts with faith. You have to build on these things. But if you don't have faith, well, you can't please God. And if you can't please God, you can't have a relationship with God. If you can't have a relationship with God, you can't see God. <coughs> it all starts with faith. It all starts with faith. The Bible also says, um, the Apostle Paul, I believe, wrote it. He said, whatsoever is not of faith is sin. Yep. That's yep. pretty heavy. Well, the Apostle Paul was a man of great faith. You know, think about it this way. The Apostle Paul, arguably the most educated man the Bible had ever seen, probably next to Solomon. Solomon was given godly wisdom. But the Apostle Paul had two doctorate degrees, the equivalent of two doctorate degrees. And the Apostle Paul, on the road to Damascus, the faith that it took for him to say, Lord, Lord, basically, what do you want me to do? You know, who art thou, Lord? And, and Jesus said, I'm Jesus. It's hard for you to kick against the prince. 
but the apostle Paul had enough faith and enough com and enough enough knowledge and enough faith to go, okay, Lord. You know, he was blind for three days, goes to the house of Ananias, and Ananias is like, What's this guy doing here? This is the guy that's trying to kill all of us. I just watched him lead a bunch of people, Stone and Stephen. And now this guy's standing at my doorstep. But the Lord spoke to Ananias in a vision. And he said, I have selected him. The Lord said, I've, I've chosen him. You know, the kind of faith that the apostle Paul had to have to go from being shipwrecked, spending the day and the night in the deep, getting 40 lashes, save one. You know, the faith you have to have to keep going. You know, the Bible talks about in perils often. You know, the thorn in the flesh that people talk about. And, and, and a lot of people have debated what was Paul's thorn in his flesh. But yet Paul had faith to keep going. You know, the greatest act of faith that we can have a lot of times, Brother Crooker, is just going to church. When I don't feel like going to church, I go anyway. When I don't feel like praying, I pray anyway. When I don't feel like worshiping, I worship anyway. That's a, that, is, that is activating your faith. Because here's the thing. The road is not always going to be easy. You know, God, the, 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 the church today, my, my brothers and sisters, we're being tried like never before. But, but, my faith says, but I have a blessed hope in the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior. Last week, we just buried a man, Brother Crooker, member of the North Charleston Apostolic Church for 76 years. This man served God. 76 years. And I watched him about eight years ago when he lost his wife of nearly 60 years. I saw Brother Witt. Brother Witt looked up at me. And all he could do in his grief was just speak in tongues. I'd never seen this before in all my life, Brother Crooker. He, 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 you can see how distraught he is in his face. And he looked up at me like, I want to talk to you in English, but my spirit is so captivated right now that all I can do is speak in tongues. But you know what Brother Witt was doing? His face said, but I know God is going to keep me through this. I know God's going to help me. I know God's going to touch me. And that man left a testimony. I saw Brother Witt three weeks ago. He, he lifted up his eyes at me, raised his eyes. That means time for you to go. I, I'm, I'm getting tired. I said, okay, Brother Witt, let's pray. Because if I knew anybody loved me enough to pray for me, it was Clifford Witt. But that's the kind of faith we need to hold on to the end, hold out to the end, and say, listen, God, I'm going to serve you no matter what. I'm going to live for you no matter what. Brother Crooker, I'm more determined than I've ever been before to make heaven. I love him too much to fail him now. The old Lanny Wolf Trio song, I love him too much to fail him now. And so my dad used to say, you're too late, too late to tell me there's any other way. 
And you know what, Brother Kirker? I love this apostolic message with every fiber of my being. I love this apostolic way of worship. I love it when God moves on me and I speak in tongues as the Spirit of God gives the utterance. I love it when I feel the presence of God, the power of God. I love it, and I want more of it, and I don't want to be any other. I want to be oneness Pentecostal. I, I got to tell you this, Brother Kirker. Please forgive me. I, I'm, I'm rambling here. My dad told me something. I want to give you a nugget that my dad shared with me. It was one of the most beautiful things he ever shared with me. He told me one day, he said, Brian, he said, you love your boy? You love my grandson? I said, yeah, Dad, you know I do. He said, you know I love you, right? I said, yeah, Dad, I, I know that. He said, son, let me ask you a question. Somebody come to do your boy harm, you going to let him let him do him harm? I said, no, Dad, I'm not going to. He said, that's right, and I'm not going to let anybody do you harm either. He said, do you think God sat up in heaven and said to Jesus, I love that old world, but I don't love him enough to go die for him, son. You go do it. He said, that didn't happen. I wouldn't let nobody take your life. You wouldn't let nobody take your son's life. And God didn't send Jesus to do something. He put, Jesus was God's body. God loved us so much, he came himself. He came himself. He was the substitute. Man, I can serve a God that, that loved me enough to die himself for me, to robe himself in flesh and dwell, dwell among us. Amen. Man, I, that listen, nothing makes me any matter than somebody talking about the Trinity. I'm sorry. You, you riled me up because I'm going to tell you something right now. There is but one, and his name is Jesus. One, it's so simple. My dad also said, Brother Kirker, he said, anything three-headed, it's a freak. <laughs> <laughs> I believe that's right. And when I get to heaven, when you get to heaven, there's only going to be one sitting on that throne. Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, the God eternal. Amen. You know, I look like my dad. If I'd put my glasses on and shave my beard off, that's why I wear contact lenses and a beard because I look just like my dad. <laughs> Jesus told him, he said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Now, if you see Brian, you don't see Jerry. You see, a, a, I look like him, but I'm not him. That's why Jesus could tell him, you've seen me, you've seen the Father, because they were looking at God in flesh. I don't know. Somebody needed to hear that tonight. Just, just remind yourself there is but one, and his name is Jesus. Amen. I'm going to put a plug in here for my book. Since we're talking about faith, before we close out, faith to faith. What is faith? Where does it come from? How do you use it? You can pick this up at CrookerFamilyMinistries.com. I promise it'll edify you. It'll be a blessing to you. I hope you understand how to increase your faith how to be faithful to God. Thanks for tuning in. This podcast is made possible because of listeners like you who are willing to bridge the gap. 
We now have a sponsorship program on our Anchor website in which you can become a monthly sponsor of $1, $5, or $10 a month. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook.